Mr. Tyler. What up, Vince? How are you? How are you, man? Man, I am blessed and highly favored. How are you doing, sir? Uh, Freaking fantastic. It is. Man, another one of these. Yes, yes. Uh, Another, another one. Another one. You ready? Here it comes. Yeah, man. All right. What do you call an arrogant criminal going down the stairs? Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) A condescending, condescending. (laughs) All right. We got got episode 10 coming in here. Uh, This is a very special one. We have Lexi Silver, who's uh, being interviewed. Um, She is a a special person. We talk about children's media. So you want to tune into this one. And Tyler, sorry. Man. Kill me with that, dog. But here, here we go. Here we All right. Go. All right. Let's start the show, man. Welcome to the Five Dad Podcast. And welcome to episode 10 of the Five Dads Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Vince, and I have my other host on here, Tyler Newkirk, and we have a special guest. Her name is Lexi Silver. When I actually subscribe, hit that button. Also, to write us in at fivedadspodcast at gmail.com. We have an Instagram page, underscore, 5DADS, underscore, and we also have a Facebook page, what is up, you two? How are you doing today? What's going on? What's going on? Good. Hi, happy Lexi. to be here. Hi. Hello. Hello. So I'm just going to give you guys a, a brief background about Lexi. Uh, Lexi is obtaining a master's of education in educational psychology with an emphasis on research organizations seeking people to conduct basic research and work on instructional applications of computers and related technologies. So we have a good interview is actually actually our first interview lexi so congratulations to you it is an yes. honor yes. it is truly yes. an honor so it's uh we're, we're happy to have you and we're happy to dive right in to a couple of uh these these that you know we wanted to ask you it's most specific, uh, specifically circled around uh children's media so uh but first before we get on that lexi let's talk about you give us some background about yourself <laughs> You sure you don't want to start with children's media? Because that's yeah. what I prefer. No, I'll talk about it. Will, it will help give the background. Um, <laughs> so in terms of why this is what I study and why it's what I love talking about, I come from a background of always having loved asking people questions that ask for their own self-reflection questions that I like to say really matter, whatever that means. It it could be what I think really matter, but over time, what I've tried to develop that interest and what's become a skill into is not thinking about just what I want to know, but really thinking about what could help, whether it's who I'm speaking to or if there's some sort of audience involved, the questions that can help pull learnings from answers. Mm. Um, And so at first, when I was a kid, I wanted to pursue music journalism and art journalism, Mm -hmm. driven by this love for asking questions, because I was really, really fascinated by creativity and what 
drives certain types of self-expression. And over time, that led to me moving more into a psychology and education focus because I, I fell in love with working with children, specifically in early childhood. I found that I found the answers that came from there to be the most honest and the most actionable as well. In terms you are of, not lying. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I, I found that the, I found there to be an agenda to the answers that were given when I was pursuing music journalism. And even though that, that field is, there can be such amazing things that come out of that field that truly help drive creativity of others. I, I myself found that skill to be more useful in education settings. Um, and so that was what led me to pursuing education. And then in terms of specifically media, I, I knew the role it played in my own life. And so I was always driven to explore how it might be impacting others as well. Now, was there like a specific moment where it was just like, aha, I want to work with kids now as opposed to uh, doing that? Or is it just, did it just manifest over time? And you're just like, you know, I find this a lot more interesting. That's a good question. So I <laughs> I worked at a school when I at a preschool when I was in high school. And after that summer, I wish I could say that there was one specific moment. And I think as a romantic, I've always wanted to be able to answer that question with one just very inspiring moment. I've had amazingly amazing students throughout time where there have been infinite inspiring moments. I wish I could say that at the origin, there's some specific thing I could describe, interaction I could describe, but really I think that it was a general feeling that this is where I could make an impact. This is something I understand somewhat intuitively and it's where I could it's what my brain does naturally, I think. So it was something about the first preschool I worked in that something clicked. Nice. And for those of the listeners who don't know, Lexi actually used to teach and watch my daughter. So uh, this is how we met. And we also, when, when COVID had hit, she was nice enough to come and watch my daughter during those COVID days. So you have infinite respect from us and we thank you so much to be able to do that. So at least wanted to let you know that before we, we dive in here. I mean, that gave me a best friend and through a period of time that was very, that for many, it was very, very isolating. And I was lucky enough to have one of the most beautiful best friendships built during that period. So I'm grateful to you. <laughs> hey man, don't make me shed a chair. Don't let me shed a chair. You hit Tyler in the background. That's my goddaughter. You killing yeah. me. And that is, yep, that, and that's Tyler's goddaughter as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. we're, all, uh, we're all lucky. We're all very, very lucky. That's all I can say. Uh, well, you knocked that, that, that question out of the park and you kind of uh, answered uh, multiple questions with that one question. So Great job. Great start, Lexi. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to continue to get to the nitty gritty as a parent with children. Um, so children's media, right? What are what are some examples of good media? Uh, and then give me some examples of bad media. <laughs> so for this question, I could 
rattle out some titles depending on the ages we're talking about for both for both good and bad however fire fire away (laughs) i can i can do that and i'm always happy to do that but i will say as a truer answer to that question examples of good media are things that inspire children to learn about something and things that children want to share with the people around them Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say is good media, because there are shows that I find valuable that speak to me in terms of their production style. If they use a lot of music, I tend to be preferential to those. Does that mean that they're good examples of media for every child? No, because that may not be the best vehicle of information to some children. so, So I feel like the measure of what it what makes good media is something that inspires a child enough that they want to ask questions about it that they mm. leave the leave a tv screen and they want to try something if they just saw something about guitar playing they leave a they leave a screen and will ask for a guitar or pick up a guitar and wants to imitate whatever it is that they saw if it drives some sort of motivation if it inspires i think that that's something that makes good media as well as something that makes a child feel good about themselves or more secure in the world and i think that that again is measured through a child wanting to share it a child being enthusiastic about it i think it's it's just watching a child's reaction afterwards and seeing if it had a positive influence as opposed to on the other hand a measure i believe of what makes negative media is if a child after consuming it feels badly about themselves or feels excessively anxious about the world around them to the point that they actually might be isolating either from parent figures or peers things like that and an example that i think is useful because i think it it really illustrates the the way that any one piece of media can go either direction depending on the child is something like the news. So this is in the case of a child who's a bit older. So maybe anywhere between 10 and 16. Okay. So the news can be a good thing. If after watching any piece of news, a child wants to learn more about whatever it is that they saw on the news, or if they, if they portray wanting to help if they portray wanting to engage being somewhat something being unlocked inside of them that actually wants connect them to their community or to the world as opposed to that same piece of news another child with just a different personality they might consume that news and go silent and completely go within themselves be really much more fearful toward the world be much, feel more disconnected, feel more anxious in general. That's actually a negative piece of media for that child. So I think wow. it it totally depends on any specific individual and what drives them and what drives them away. Lexi, you have got me 
thinking about the news. I <laughs> Dang, I have been doing my family of a service. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we know we can't let this slide by just because, you know, we are. Uh, um, you know, we know that this is, you know, your opinion just because you just stated that, but we, we gotta, we gotta get some, uh, some good media. So about you gotta give us some <laughs> yeah. examples or just, just fire. Oh away. yeah. My wife's going to kill me if we don't get some suggestions. We gotta just, get a couple. Just, just let me know. Um, we, we know it's opinion, opinionated and you know, based on the child, we get that. But so, in your, your, your thought process, please, please go take it, take it away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so top of mind i really really recently have used ask the storybots which is a show on netflix as a good an example of good media because it's things about what they use as mechanisms to reach children as well as to connect children just every single thing about the show itself seems very very intentional and very very considerate toward what could retain the attention of a child through a 26 minute long program, as well as what they could be giving a child in that 26 minutes that is the most transferable outside of the show. So basically ask the story about the premise is something where at the beginning of each episode, a certain question is asked and the story bots where the characters in the show, it's animated, go through the episode and they explore that question. So a production aspect of the show that makes it very, very attractive to kids at the very beginning of the episode is that the question is actually posed by a child. And even though the show itself is in animation, that question is actually posed by a live action child on video, which always I've, so I've watched children watch the show and they'll actually pay more attention as soon as they see a child on screen as opposed to the animation, it sort of breaks if they were either mindlessly watching or paying half attention. Once they see that switch from animation to live action, all of a sudden you'll see their eyes back on screen, much more focused. And that is a very important part of the episode is them seeing what is this episode going to be about? So the fact that they're using such an effective production style in that moment, it shows a level of intention of the sh on the show's productions part that they want to be educational. So that's always a good sign. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Nice. So, nice. and in general, it's, it's a very, very good show. I'd say that that, I believe that the target age for that show is, I want to say it's three to eight, eight, nine years old. Right in this sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So that's that's an example of good media and for bad media. This is something that it's do it's it. tough. Let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think a very easy one to throw out there is MTV. So uh. MTV just has speaking to intention. MTV doesn't have through time the best intentions does that mean that every single person who's ever worked for mtv every person who's performed on mtv or had anything to do with mtv production that they've had bad intentions not necessarily however it is such a such a monetized channel such a it, the intentions are not exactly 
led by educational value, I would say. So I think Agreed. that there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot to be questioned about certain, certain things that we see there. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it sure does. I know we talked about, um, you know, linkage and everything to emotions when it comes to kids, but is there like something specifically for like a child's like brain development when it comes to like the specific shows that's being portrayed within it? Yeah, definitely. So I think basically, so brain development relies really, really heavily on social interactions, emotional experiences, and that's not limited to just emotional experiences where they go through certain emotions, but also experiences where they're exposed to emotions almost equally as much in early childhood and cognitive processing. They're all key components that go, that feed into brain development, that influence brain development. So the quality of all of those of social interactions of emotional experiences and of cognitive processing that impacts the way that the brain develops. And it also heavily, heavily impacts identity development. And that is something that through the infinite process of learning through life, identity development is a really, really important thing to consider when we when talking about media and how it influences brain development where so major. Yeah. yes yes and how we define ourselves is always whether or not we wanted to it's always going to be influenced and shaped by what we're being exposed to and what we consider about others identities and how authentic we find it and how we question it how we question ourselves so whether whether or not we're asking we're constantly asking ourselves how are we being impacted that's the key part of being media consumers in my opinion uh another astounding answer you just, just knocking these out the park yeah. <laughs> exactly thank you <laughs> uh well as we continue to roll down uh this list um <clears throat> I know uh, image is just a really big thing for me. Uh, and I know the media plays a big role in this. So uh, how, how do you think <clears throat> this affects how a dad is viewed uh, from, you know, their children's eyes uh, based on the media that they're seeing? <clears throat> so, <laughs> so this <laughs> is, that's an amazing question. Something that, ties back to my own background and what led me to being fascinated with media is wondering how adult use of media influences child children's use of media. And I have a two-part answer to this, so <laughs> please interrupt me if, I'll, if I'm ranting. No, but... no, this is for you. <laughs> Fire away. So the the easier way to answer this question is that the way a child would view their father in relation to media use, it could be as a moderator of content. So it could be as somebody they could go to if they, if something that they watched, they have questions after watching. So it could be that that's a source of support to their learning from media. It also could be a source of comfort if something that they consumed in media 
made them feel a little unsettled or if they're left a little confused. It could be that that is someone who they can trust, won't judge whatever they're confused about or may even echo their confusion so that they feel they don't they don't feel alone as a, an audience member. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the alternative perception would be as someone who is restricting their consumption of content or challenging content that they don't want to challenge. And that can sometimes be a little bit that can sometimes be a little bit more difficult because then there will often be if a child has a question about something that they saw, they're less likely to approach their father about it because they don't want to have that media taken away from them as a result of just the fact that they have a question or if they feel like there would be a consequence to them wondering about it or it's whatever they saw, if it's something that they almost question, they it's less likely that they will speak up about it because they don't want, because they still want to be in control of their consumption, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so... <clears throat> So that those are like the two different roles. And uh, there's, I would never say that either one of those is just this solid, unchanging role. I think that all of this can always be, it ebbs and flows. So the other part of this is that something I have found interesting since beginning to study this is that research does show that children are impacted from an extremely young age watching how they're how the adults around them take in media themselves so unrelated to their own intake of media they will watch how meaningful media use is of their parents so are their parents engaging with media somewhat mindlessly are their parents talking to each other or to them about something that they're watching something that they're listening to if the more sort of isolated each member of the family is with their media use, that child is more likely to also experience media in a more isolated way, as opposed to if their parent is taking in media and talking about it with other members of the family, even if it's not with the child themselves, even if it's just in front of the child, that will in turn lead to the child demonstrating a similar sort of behavior as well, where then it's sort of normalized to them where if they want to talk about something that they saw or heard, they will also be more likely to talk about it because it's the behavior that they saw being exhibited. Nice. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Sorry for (laughs) ranting. (laughs) No, no, that that was fantastic. I'm happy you did. In terms of uh, potential exposure, like, for you know young children and you know children in media what should parents look out for um you know in, in terms of that negative exposure so two different motives one is the motive of the the actual media so wherever whether it be a tv show a musician a whatever they're child is watching, listening to, engaging with, the motive of that mechanism. And more, in my opinion, more importantly, their child's motive. Why is their child interested in that? Why, what is the predicted outcome? 
And that's, I think, the key to all of this is just engaging with the child and planting questions, asking questions so that they actually know where their child's at. And But I think that that conversation also plants those questions in the child's mind as well so that the child is also wondering, why am I watching this? What is this doing? Mm. So I think that what a parent should look out for are is like a balance between the motives on behalf of the piece of media and the motives that I believe are more influential, which is the motive of the child in engaging with that media. Nice. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great answer. And uh, the exposure definitely helps me roll into this next question, uh, especially with the pandemic taking a hit the way that it had and uh, the screen time, those views and everything that have gone up tremendously uh, since kids have been at home. Do you feel like, you know, this is the new norm uh, that we should expect? Or is this just like a, a blip that we're facing, you know, with the pandemic, kind of like an aftershock, uh, and then we're going to go back to normal? I'm happy to have one simple answer, the first simple answer to any of these questions, which is <laughs> that I think that COVID only sped up a process that was already happening and was going to happen anyway. Okay. <clears throat> is that is that due to technology? Yes. It's, okay. it's Yeah, it's, I believe that it was imminent anyway, but I think that COVID just sort of forced it to be faster. Yeah, I hear you. That great response to that one. So, um, another question I have for you. Like, basically, if is there like a common misconception that you think that's in children's media that everyone kind of assumes, but you know, in your head is false or it's just not, not accurate to a certain extent. I think that the common misconception is that any adults who are sort of speaking about it. And I, I mean, any more like on the research side of things so like researchers, I think that something that isn't considered enough is that adults may not have considered their own media use as much as they should be, where I think that I think that a lot of the tools that should be given to children today to be considering their own media use, it hasn't necessarily been in practice because all of the media we have today is so new and it's constantly changing. It's constantly new and it's constantly increasingly influential on us. And so I think that whatever practices should be taught to kids so that they're conscious media users adults should be doing just as not just as much if not more so i i definitely hear what you're saying and after listening to a lot of these answers i am a terrible person no <laughs> so i'm i'm saying these answers and, and i have so much difficulty with what i'm saying and i and i so i really feel for parents because i I'm addicted to certain media that I absolutely should not. And so I'm saying these answers fully knowing that there's a level, there's a level of educated hypocrisy to it, to what yeah. I'm saying, where I know that some of my opinions are based off of self-analysis where I've been like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and so, I continue doing. So it's, you're not a bad person. You are a human. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. 
So you're saying I should not be on TikTok at like two in the morning, right? <laughs> and yet neither of us should be, but I know I am. So that, that, is, that is one thing. No, you seriously got me thinking about like football Sunday. I'm like, yes. well, while I'm watching football, you know, some of my reactions might be a little bit, uh, uh, you know. Un- unorthodox. Uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I was just going to get right to it and say violent, you know. And, <laughs> and um uh, a lot of the focus, you know, I, I definitely planned on you coming in and mentioning a lot of stuff that, you know, children need to, you know, adhere to when it comes to these standards. But a, a lot of what I've heard has really been like, um, you know, the parents need to pay more attention to the way that they're exhibiting themselves while watching media. And that's a, <clears throat> a amazing point that I definitely did not come into this conversation thinking or have I thought of, I feel like substantially enough to put myself in the right position here so you you, you've blown my mind today Lexi (laughs) (laughs) that's I mean the whole thing of watching football I I think that those very very passionate reactions that in my opinion is actually if it's if it involves the child of being like really passionate about something it becomes a family activity that actually is fun even if it is this very very high intensity emotional reactions of investment it's that becomes a family activity and there are positives to that so i think that you know they're definitely positives (laughs) lexi i knew that you could come and experience football sunday on the couch with my family Uh, we'll we'll just make sure that we do it next season when our team is relevant i'm not going to mention that team on this podcast but (laughs) do it you, you, you've, you've always got it you've always got a seat over here and awesome. uh, I, i'm gonna roll into uh the last question um uh and i just need to know you know uh, is there anything that you know we're missing or anything that you think that we should know that you haven't mentioned today as parents and then uh, an additional one to that just because I, I gotta knock this one out before it we end the call. Um, you know, what is the time frame? Just give it to me. Like, is it 20 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? Is it, is it two hours? Like, what is it? <laughs> oh, of screen time? Yes. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, that's a hot take. That's a, that is a <laughs> controversial question. Uh, so I, I really avoid this question at all costs because I, I do think I, well, one thing is what age range are we talking? Let's go. Uh, let's go. You've mentioned before a TV show from three to eight. Can we do that three to eight range still? Does that work? Totally. That so uh, I believe if we're talking about TV watching, so not so not like altogether screen time. So there might be some iPad usage and where there's actually more interaction. So focusing on TV watching, if it's with family, Oh, this is such a difficult question for me to answer. If it's with family on average, I would say an hour to two, a, a, an hour to two a day, but maybe trying to make it like closer to an, an hour, an hour and a half. And that, this pump. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, but I think as we go on the higher ends of that age range, it, that because I, I I recognize that that becomes more difficult, and I don't think that there is such a significant um, negative that comes from if that ends up being closer to to 
three or four hours some days if if your child is Mm -hmm. sick or something like that. Like I really don't think that that will cause any sort of damage. So I think that as long as it's mindful content and as long as the, that as long as it's not just something that they, them that they're watching by themselves all the time, where it's something that they can actually engage with their parents, with siblings, with whomever about whatever it is that they're consuming. I think that that makes like a big difference and it makes it much more meaningful that time. So. No, I agree. I think. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And uh, I guess with that being said, uh, Vince, you want to conclude and then I'll hit us with the quote. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The takeaway of this is, you as a parent, you should be watching what you're you're doing as well because your kids Agreed. are gonna are, are going to mimic that whether you know it or not. And Lexi, thank you for opening our essentially our eyes and letting us see that from a, a parent perspective because I never even thought about that when this conversation has started Me either. Just like Jeez. Tyler was saying. Uh, um, so I say, Lexi, thank you for joining us. And this has this has been very, very informative to us and anyone who's listening. And with that, Tyler, take it away for the quarter today. All right. Uh, being a dad is when you realize you can actually like people who puke in your car multiple times. <laughs> thank you audience thank you for the listeners please hit that subscribe button again please reach out to to us you know we want to hear from you Lexi Tyler thank you for joining again thank you for being great dads thanks everybody